Know your scientist. Know your complex human being. And talking about humans, I know several Chris Smiths. One who presents The Naked Scientist on RN, but this next one is in charge of a site of the science park where trucks, ships, large and small, are made into electronic vehicles. Chris, tell me what's going on here. Is it refitting standard existing vehicles to make them work without too much pollution? We're part of a university, so we do research and innovation, and it's it's about finding new solutions for, yes, existing vehicles, like the ones you've seen here today, the road sweeper. That used to be a diesel road sweeper, and it isn't now. It is now an electric road sweeper. But it's also about new vessels and vehicles. Well, We do a lot of maritime as well as land vehicles. Now, when you do it with a vessel, in other words, a ship, a fairly large one, I saw... And when you refit it, does it weigh twice as much? No, lots of people think that's going to happen. They worry about us stuffing vehicles and vessels to the gills with batteries and things. We did one, a vessel that's 400 tonnes, she's 34 metres, and she goes out for a month at a time, 28 days out, steams out for one day, works 26, steams back the next day. She was three tonnes lighter, and they're going to have to find more ballast for her when we convert her. How does she run on electrics? Surely not with batteries that size. So that's the academic part of what we do is find what is the right solution for that vessel or vehicle because it does what it does today. Nobody wants to change that. What is the best solution? That's what we're really good at. That one has a mix of some battery, but not too much, but a quite a lot of hydrogen fuel cell. I see. And where's the hydrogen come from? Today you can buy hydrogen which comes out of oil and gas, frankly, but that's not a net zero solution, is it? Okay. So we are also working with suppliers who are taking electricity from wind or from PV or other renewable sources and using that to split water into hydrogen and oxygen. That's your hydrogen. And furthermore, you can go from that green hydrogen to green methanol or green ammonia because they're also possible solutions for the future. A great variety of vehicles, as we said, some in the water, some sweepers on the road, huge things. And there's another one over there, which someone said that you couldn't actually refit it, lift the bonnet and stick something else in and away you go. You've got to rebuild it from the ground up. Is that right? Yeah, I think we've had more than 100 years of gasoline and diesel powered vehicles, right? We've had a lot of time and effort perfecting those things, yeah? And still, it's a, you can't re-engine a petrol car today. It's the same case with these vehicles and vessels right now. They are bespoke solutions, but that's where we are with technology. 50 years from now, things will be a lot easier. So you've got a great variety of different vehicles to refit, to make clean and so on. How long does it take each one? Because the sweeper I'm looking at, I think I heard the guy who's in charge of it saying it took two years to turn round. It did. The initial phase for that road sweeper was eight months. So we had it spinning and working the drivetrain at eight months. It's taken another year and a bit to then perfect all the brushes, the suction pumps, etc. There's a lot of kit. It's a very complicated machine. It does take time, yes. He said he's got 70 of them. <laughs> Are you going to take all of them on? We have no choice. We as a society have no choice. The UK is legislation about net zero 2050. Cities like London have, and Paris and other places, they have legislation for zero emissions far sooner than that, especially in the crowded urban areas where we live as people, right? A lot of people in there. So we need to get the diesel and petrol out there and be a jolly good thing when we do. They operate 70 diesel vehicles. We could, in a, in a number of years, if we had the investment, we could turn all of those around into electric within two or three years.
And that would be worth it because if you built another one, how much does a street sweeper cost? So a prototype of any vehicle, like the road sweeper there, they cost a lot of money. Yeah, that's probably half a million pounds there. A productionized model, though, is going to cost more than a diesel version, but not too much more. So in other words, what we're saying is that it is probably worth the money rather than having half a million bucks to build one up from scratch. To convert them makes sense, is that right? It does. You have to look at the total cost. It's not just the cost of the money up front. Yes, it costs a lot of money to convert from diesel to clean, whatever way that is. But you're going to save money over time because electricity is far, far cheaper than diesel or or petrol. And look at the inflation rates on fossil fuels like diesel and petrol. It's painful. What about smaller vehicles that go out to sea or up the river? You've got one in there. Is that viable still to do it electronically? Pretty much they'll all end up using electric motors. Electric motors are just so efficient, 95% efficient. They're so much better than combustion engines at, say, 30 35%. Whether electricity is stored, whether it's battery or hydrogen, we don't know. And it's horses for courses. It'll be different from different ones. Yes, they're all viable. And I'll tell you why. Some of them are viable now because the fuel costs of running diesel are too high. And they will become cheaper after three or four years, not immediately, but they will save money. But they will be viable longer term because we will not be allowed to use diesel or petrol. And furthermore, at least in the UK, we know that the availability of diesel and petrol is going to fall and the prices will go up. It is destiny. We can't fight it. It will be inevitable, I'm afraid. Inevitable it is, but you've got these experiments going on here. Mm. You're demonstrating how it can be done. Are the people around Europe coming to see you and say, how do we do it? What do we do next? Very much so, yes. We are working with a German company who own and operate vessels, a number of vessels in Germany, Denmark, UK. They are looking at doing the innovation work here in the UK, doing some of the build in the UK, but they'll operate in Denmark and Germany. So it's taken off? It is taken off. We are expanding ourselves because the demand for solutions, the innovations, and it is, I'm afraid, people with PhDs like me who are doing this kind of work right now will be for 10 years, but that demand is incredible at the moment. Final question, any connection to Australia? I have relatives like many Brits in Australia, of course we do. Well, actually, Supercat was one of the companies that we work for. They have a branch in Australia, so I'd love to come over there and look at Australian solutions. Mining, we are very interested in mining, and that's a big CO2 emitter. The marine, the maritime sector in Australia and New Zealand is, in fact, moving quite quickly. So, we, again, we'd love to work yeah, with those yeah. people. Yeah. Chris Smith, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Professor Chris Smith, Director of the Centre for Future Clean Mobility.